Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we are talking Deadpool 2. Finally. Yep. I don't think we really need an intro, so I'm glad Letterboxd kept this one really short. But in case you do, Deadpool 2 is about a wisecracking mercenary named Deadpool who battles the evil and powerful Cable and other bad guys to save a boy's life. I like that. Concise. To the point. It was directed by David Leitch, who also did John Wick, Atomic Blonde, and for you, Carson, is doing the upcoming Hobbs and Shaw movie, allegedly. That's the Fast and the Furious spinoff. Yeah, Statham and The Rock. And for those of you who don't know, the cast, Ryan Reynolds, obviously, is Wade Wilson slash Deadpool. Josh Brolin is Cable. Moreno, Morena Baccarin is... Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you. I was drawing a blank because Zazie Beetz is also in this, who plays Domino, but her name is Vanessa in Atlanta, which was throwing me off as I was reading ahead. <laughs> and then TJ Miller was in this as well. So, Which is his last movie before he <laughs> yeah, goes he, to prison. Yeah, he's done. So no more... What's his name in the movie? He's Weasel. Weasel, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so no yeah. more Weasel. Weasel is in, is in prison for uh, <laughs> calling in a fake bomb threat. <laughs> yeah. And he's no longer on Silicon Valley, so his life's just going yeah, straight down. I, I think they said five years minimum. He won't. Uh, he won't be picking that roll up anytime <laughs> no. soon. No. Diving into Deadpool, I was I was so excited going into this. I, I wasn't disappointed, and so it starts off right with a bang, and it goes into showing him as a mercenary. So it shows him going around the world like Deadpool does, fighting the Yakuza, fighting Russians, the Italian crime mob boss it just kind of goes through different scenes of him fighting different yeah definitely deadpool around the world i think that really set the stage and i love those scenes it showed him you know fighting killing you know because that's what deadpool does and no remorse or whatever but just doing what he does and then it sets up the the scene of well they follow him home essentially that's uh you know your work comes home with you and uh they end up killing vanessa which i thought that almost happened too quickly which i know they needed to get that that plot point going but i wasn't as emotionally invested in, in them together again because they were just they just started talking about them building a family and i was i was i was right there with them and then she dies and i was like oh if i had had i watched deadpool one right before this maybe you know yeah. could have but i was still you know eating eating my nachos <laughs> was, you know, you know get, getting getting into the I movie i think that's why they had them have that conversation though you know, if they hadn't sat down and talked about, oh, let's have a kid, and blah, 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 before she gets shot, I think it would have felt even more rushed. So they're like, well, what's the best way we can speed this up? Yeah. Let's talk about having a kid and then have her get shot, like, right after that. Yeah. They say this one's about family. The other one is a love story, you know, and this one is about family. And so that's what really gets him going. So he, so she dies, and he tries to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the deleted scenes, there's a bunch of scenes of him trying, trying, different, try, ways. trying different ways to kill himself. That would himself. have been pretty funny. Yeah. So he eventually just... Puts himself on a big, all these barrels, and blows himself up. They show that, and just like Deadpool 1, they flash back, right? Because Deadpool 1 opens with the scene, and then you flash back a whole bunch. And this one opens with Deadpool... Laying on the barrel. Laying on the barrel, blowing himself up. And, oh, I wonder how you think I got here, kind of thing. And then you rewind and see everything leading up to Vanessa's death. Right, which is pretty quick. So you really didn't have that much of a rewind. No, it's not. But it's just, I'm, I wonder if that's going to stick. Because that just seems to be Deadpool's kind of thing now. Uh, one of many things, but you know, narrating himself. 
Well, that and yeah, flash, flashing back. Almost said flashbacking. Flashbacking. Flashing back. Yeah, <laughs> that works. Yeah, I I thought the opening scene was fine. I don't know the the bar was set really high for me in terms of action because of the director because the scenes in John Wick one and two in Atomic Blonde are amazing action scenes and I didn't really feel much of a difference between the action scenes in Deadpool two and Deadpool one. So I was, I was hoping for more. And I, so when I, when I watched what was happening in the mercenary around the world scenes, I was really, really wanting some action. The, the one segment is, I forget where it's at. It's in the warehouse, but it's the guy who ends up killing Vanessa. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Cause the guy locks himself in a safe room and you can see Deadpool like jumping all over the place that I like that particular one, but like the stuff that was happening with the Yakuza and a couple other stuff just felt like normal Deadpool action to me. Oh, I thought they did a good job with it, and I thought they stepped it up from the first one. Of You don't see him fighting that many people at the same time in the first one. No, but I guess what I'm saying is the scenes in John Wick and Atomic Blonde really stand out for how they're choreographed, how they're shot. But the scenes in Deadpool 2, the action scenes, for the most part, felt pretty much just like Deadpool 1 to me. They They didn't morph into like the John Wick or Atomic Blonde category well i think it stayed similar sure but i thought they were really i thought they were really good like when and they showed this in the trailer where he, the guy shoots him in the hands and yeah he, he turns the gun around and shoots him through his hand right <laughs> in the face yeah. you know i felt like that one specifically reminded me of john wick uh it was just it was systematically how he did it right and, and i felt like that that was very john wick yeah and i'm not so much talking the choreography because deadpool's choreography is always really good i guess what i'm saying is in John Wick and Atomic Blonde, the fight scenes are given room to breathe. They're not as frenetic and chaotic. You can kind of get a sense for what Keanu's doing or what Charlize Theron's doing. And some of that is these longer, elaborate scenes that they have play out. And with Deadpool, I just feel like maybe it's because he is Deadpool. They just want him to go 100 miles an hour all the time. And maybe some of it's editing too, but I never really had that one scene where I'm like, oh man, that's a that's a Deadpool fight scene to remember. They all kind of felt like all the same Deadpool fights over and over again. Oh, I liked it. I didn't dislike it. I'm just saying my expectations going into the movie were I'm going to get a John Wick club scene with Deadpool. I'm going to get an Atomic Blonde stairwell fight scene with Deadpool, and I didn't I didn't get that level of quality fight scene. And again, it's not about the choreography; it's more about how it was filmed and captured interesting but again all that to say i still like the deadpool fight scenes they're good it's just i thought we were going to raise the bar a bit when the director was coming on from those previous movies i think he got to uh experiment with some different powers which i think was pretty pretty cool later on which we'll we'll get to in a in a few minutes but he blows himself up and then you get the x-men that colossus comes and collects his right his body parts and takes him to the mansion and then you get kind of the throw uh the uh, cameos of all the X-Men, because he, he throws that joke out there again of where are all the X-Men, <laughs> and they all don't want to see Deadpool. So they, show, so they shut the door, so that was, a, that was a funny little cameo. It happened really fast. Yeah. Was it all of the actual actors? Yeah. Okay. Was it like Nicholas Holt as Beast and McAvoy and... McAvoy and Cyclops and which, young, which, young Cyclops. Okay. Was... uh. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is who I was wondering. Was Mystique there? She was not there. Okay. It happened really fast. Like I, yeah. I caught Beast and there were five. Xavier. And that I, was I counted five, but I was trying to see who was there. 
but yeah, but they're all behind, you know, beast closed yeah. the doors. As, as, let's not talk to Deadpool. That was really, that was really well done. Uh, I thought so too. I loved all that. I love Colossus. I'm not in love with how they're portraying him, but I'm just glad I get to see him on, on screen more. Yeah. I always loved him as a kid. And when I watched the cartoon or when I played the X-Men game, mm-hmm. I loved Colossus. I, I'm not a comic book aficionado like you. I don't like his sound um, of his body in the video games and the cartoons. He was always more shiny. So I pictured it as more metallic, but now he's like, he's like tinny in Deadpool. Yeah. And I don't like that because it sounds like hollow every time he hits and everything. I don't know. I just don't like it, but I, I'm not married to like the comic books or anything. I just, that's what's always been in my head since a kid. Yeah. You mentioned the comic books and this is a movie made for comic book readers. I think they made this with the comic book reader fans in mind. There are so many jokes that if you don't read the comics, you just don't know what he's talking about. And I mean, there's a lot of funny jokes outside of that, but they make a lot of references. They do a lot of uh, tip of the hats to Deadpool comics, to X-Men comics, and a a few middle fingers to them too. You know, uh, of those, you know, it's like you thought we were going to go this way, but we really went this way with it. Because we know you read the comics and we wanted to, to trick you in the movie. Yeah. But I, I truly felt like this one, way more than the first one, uh, was more for more of a thank you, I think, to the fans that made it happen. I'd like to see this again. And I'll get to my rating in a bit. But I had a fantastic experience with this. And I don't know if it was all on the how, how good the movie was or if it was because of surprise and unexpected things that I don't know if that holds up the next viewing, but I had a great time. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of it was because I had that background in, in the comics. Yeah. So I, I said this to you when I get out of the movie, you were way more into comics growing up than I was, but I was like a passive comic reader. I had a few that I read in depth and then I just kind of casually would skim whatever else was out there. So I know enough to be dangerous and sound like I know what I'm talking about. And so in this movie, I was able to kind of pick up that they were hinting at things. And I remember thinking to myself in the movie, like, I feel like they're giving a lot of nods. Like, I didn't quite get that joke, but I know it's enough that I know enough to know that it's referencing a character or who drew this, you know, because they make a (laughs) comment about some dude not being able to draw feet. And I think that could go over a lot of people's heads. But I was like, okay, there's something there's something there with whoever was an X-Men artist at some point. So. I know enough to be dangerous to know that they were, I wasn't quite fully getting the jokes, but I knew who the joke was intended for. And I definitely walked away thinking one of the big dividing lines in how great you think Deadpool two is, is whether or not you were a comic book person, because there's a lot of nods to you in here. And if you get them, that's going to raise this level for you. If you don't get them, it's just going to be kind of a, okay, well that was a Ryan Reynolds one liner that I don't quite get and just add it to the list of one liners that maybe fell flat. Yeah, the uh, you mentioned the they can't draw feet. Mm-hmm. The uh, creator of Cable and Deadpool uh, is known across the comic universe for not being able to draw feet. And, I read up on it afterwards, <laughs> and it was funny. They had a bunch of covers that you could look at, and you know, of superheroes. Like they said, he was really great at drawing big, hulking, muscular, like ridiculously muscular right. comic book characters. But he would either hide their feet because he couldn't quite figure out the proportions, or if you saw it, like the feet would just never match. That they had little dainty feet, yeah. You know, and it, it was. Uh, and so when you mentioned that, you know, I laughed. You know, but how many people are going to get that? Right. You know, but he he throws you know six jokes back to back to back. So you know, trying to catch them all anyway. You're like, well, I probably missed 
four of these and he may, I don't know what he's talking about, but right. there's a lot of those. The maximum security. So they get to the prison. Uh, I'm jumping ahead here. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, who's going to be the maximum security prisoner there? And so you run through your head. Who's it going to be? But then they introduce Black Tom. And Black Tom Cassidy is always paired with the Juggernaut. Oh, okay. They're besties. You know, they rob banks together, things like that. And so I was like, okay, you have Black Tom. You're, you're going to get the Juggernaut. Are they head faking me? Or do I actually get the Juggernaut back here? And how are they going to do them? Is it the same Juggernaut that we saw in X3? Thank God it wasn't. <laughs> that, you know, and, you're talking the Vinnie Jones one, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was so bad. So it was kind of one of those, I yeah. don't know what they're going to do, especially when I found out what they were doing later you know, to fans you know, before they reveal who, right. who he is. But I like the guy they cast for Black Tom. And what's funny is they had planned on having Black Tom as him and the juggernaut as big baddies at the end. Mm-hmm. They ran out of money. Oh. Because Black Tom controls trees and wood, and so they were going to have this big, you know, final fight thing. Mm-hmm. They ran out of money, and they suggested, well, you know, let's let's do this and make Cable racist, you know, for shooting, yeah. <laughs> for shooting Black Tom. That was definitely a long-running gag it in was. the movie, was that Cable's racist for killing Black Tom, who's right. not really black. Right. It's... Which it was, it was kind of funny at first, but it got a little old by the end. I liked it. I, I liked it because he wasn't really Josh Bolan, which, again, I think they did a perfect job of, of balance. So Domino, uh, Cable, they were, they were playing the straight man, you mm-hmm. know? And so you could easily fall into that everybody's a comic role like they did in Ragnarok, but they, they kept them in there grounded, and it's more of... He's calling me a racist. I'm not. I'm right. not a racist. You know, that's that's not. Yeah, <laughs> the difference there is that Thor can't be. Deadpool is just. It's nonstop. So there's literally no room for many other jokes. I mean, when you get him and Weasel together, it, it's it's a little too much because they're riffing off of one another, and you're like, okay, right. I mean, this is just. It's just oversaturation sometimes. So you can't. I mean, Deadpool just doesn't allow for another comedic person in there you have to have straight guys to play off of but, but i think a lesser director would try to make everybody like that yeah you know and a, you know even i mean colossus isn't a a jokester sure he has a couple you know one-liners in there but it, right. it's not throughout the entire movie and i think trying to make everybody funny is where these things fail and i thought they did a great balance but you're right ryan reynolds is is relentless you know through through the whole thing but I think uh, they played that balance really, really well. I will say I like Ryan Reynolds. I like Deadpool. I like the humor. It's just an all-out assault, though. It's sometimes you're just like, I, I don't know whether it hit 30% of the jokes or 70% of the jokes because they were just flying at me. And so I, I walk away sometimes, I think, with maybe feeling like it wasn't as funny as I thought. And this is kind of what happened to me with Deadpool 1. I walked away thinking, oh, this is this is good, not great. You know, some of the jokes hit, some of them didn't. But the more I watched it, the funnier it got. And I think it was because I was just able, with more viewings, you're just able to process a lot more. Whereas, whereas when you're in the theater and this is all coming at you, it's just, it's, honestly, it's, it's like uh, yeah. it's like being brainwashed. Like I picture uh, either Lost or uh, A Clockwork Orange, right, with your eyes held open. You're just like, oh, there's just Deadpool jokes coming one after the <laughs> another. And like I laughed at that one, but I think I missed three more and then the next two didn't hit. So did I like one out of five or did I like one out of three? You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's well, see, I just constant. processed that I laughed the whole time. And yeah. So, so that was more, you know, our, our theater, honestly, there was laughing out loud, but it was not like a raucous. I laughed a lot more in Deadpool one. I think 
that's probably because I did not know what I was walking into with Deadpool one with Deadpool two, you know, okay, here it comes. Here's just gonna, it, we're starting and we're off. Well, see, we saw it Thursday night, the night it released. Yeah. And so we saw it with, you know, kind of diehard fans and they got, I feel like they got most of the jokes cause they were all laughing with us. Sure. And it was, it was, a, and I always like that when the theater roars with you, you know, and some, somebody will laugh, which kind of, it's laughing is contagious, you know? And then when there's joke after joke after joke, you know, right. it's, you know, you can pick up, you may have missed one, but you're, yeah. you're, you're there in the next one. And, uh, but he, he just, yeah, just gets me. I think the, the ones that I'm kind of wearing thin on a little bit are the, the meta jokes, the fourth wall breaks. He, he, they did a lot in this movie, like talking about the Academy Awards and, uh, you know, the Justice League and Thanos ones. I'm fine with that kind of stuff. But like the, the full breaks, they're just, when it's overly meta, you're just like, oh, okay, let's keep your jokes in the context of the movie a little bit. I get that's part of what part of what makes the Deadpool movie so unique is that it is providing a meta commentary on superhero movies and whatever else is going on at the time. Yeah, and to to be honest, I don't I don't enjoy the fourth wall breaks in the comics. I don't necessarily like them in Deadpool movie, but again, there's so many other jokes that it's. Yeah, but no, I I get it. But the no, the uh, I think I laughed the hardest when he's fighting the Juggernaut, and they they do the Avengers quote. Oh uh, yeah, that was good. Hey, big guy. Yeah, sun's getting real low. Right, <laughs> and then and I just I, I missed whatever happened after that because I was laughing. I was you know yeah hitting Adrian saying hey right. We were that, both laughing. Yes, <laughs> that's that's a good example of like him calling him Thanos. This is so dark. It should be a DC movie. That kind of stuff I'm good with. It's in the context. It's meta, but it's in the context of the movie. It's it's yeah. It's really the wall breaks where he's looking at like, oh, are you ready for the Academy Award moment? Or like when he looks like, uh oh, here comes a bad CGI fight or something like that, and then they give you a bad CGI fight. Like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, okay. He didn't say bad CGI. Fight. I forget what he says. I, I know it's big. bad. Maybe it's big. I don't know. He references that here comes a CGI fight, and then they do it. That's kind of like, all right, I'll get to my CGI fight. To your point, which I'm going to try to build up to this point is recruiting for X-Force. Mm-hmm. So he he puts an ad on LinkedIn, I guess, to, re- to recruit members, which we saw in the trailer, and they're all going through their interviews. And uh, you have Domino, who, again, Zazie, awesome. Uh, I think she nailed it. Yeah, she's great. She's not really anything like the comic character Domino, who's an assassin, a thief, mm-hmm. not really upbeat at all. But I think this really, really worked, you know, the way she did it. She and, was great. And for somebody who's lucky, you yeah. would think that they'd be more upbeat. I need to somehow get her and Valkyrie together. I think her and Tessa Thompson would be fantastic. Yeah, really liked her character, liked her interview. That They bring in Terry Crews. They bring in Shatterstar, who actually gave his backstory, which was funny. Yeah, he's an alien from Mojo World, that, <laughs> <laughs> and that he does everything better than Deadpool. You know, yeah. it's funny. It's like, that's you know because I think that's exactly how you described him in the preview. Like, <laughs> right. He's basically Deadpool and does everything. So I don't know what they're going to do with him. Right. Which again, as I'm watching this, I'm I'm going through our our review of our preview, thinking, okay, you know, he's kind of going through everything that I <laughs> I was talking about. And then you get the Vanisher, who that's not how the Vanisher is in the comics. He's more of a teleporter. But when he put on the backpack and jumped up, I I was just in, I mean that's such a stupid joke, but it. I was crying. Yeah. You know, I was like, you see the backpack flying next to the rest of them. I love that. And then uh, Peter. You got to love Peter. You, is you, awesome. got, you got to love Peter. Yeah. And so that whole recruiting 
thing that was great. The, actually, the funniest thing about Peter wasn't actually Peter to me. It was the fact that they had built this storyline up through Deadpool 2 that Dopender wanted to do, wanted to be oh, a hero. Yeah. Oh, that's so and great. he gets super pissed when they let Peter in, but they wouldn't have <laughs> let Dopender in. That, that, I thought, worked out really well because the bulk, I think, of what the Peter introduction was was already in the trailer. Right. I don't think there was anything new in that scene, so that, that kind of sucked. Other than the, the headshot. Yeah, but the <laughs> but the playoff of Dopender was great. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, he's trying to be a... But you can't do anything. You know, right. You need a computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they all jump out of the plane. You know, they warn about the, the winds. I'm like, why do they keep bringing that up? And yeah. so uh, they're, they're all jumping out. And as soon as Terry Cruz's head goes into the bus, yeah. I cussed at Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it, it wasn't a Deadpool. It wasn't the writers. Or, it, was, it, it was in my mind at Ryan Reynolds thinking, he's going to kill Shatterstar right here. And I was so pissed. And then they show him flying into the helicopter. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even get to do anything. And then uh, right after that scene, you know, Deadpool looks to the camera and said, no one's going to be upset about that. And I was like, right. I feel like he's talking to, into my soul. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the one thing that I wanted to see is them do Shatterstar right. Yeah. And I was like, he listened to this preview that we did and then just, <laughs> just crapped all over it. Yeah. I thought Peter was going to survive that. I thought they were going to make it that all the superheroes died and Peter was the one that lived miraculously, but yeah. no, he got vomited on. Vomited on. Yeah. And then... Which, that was great. I, I did not see that coming. I did not expect that. You know, I've always had that dream of wanting to make my own movie where 15 minutes in, the main star dies in the first gunfight and I just roll the credits. Right. This is the closest I'll ever get to actually <laughs> seeing that. And it happened two-thirds of the way through the movie and the credits didn't roll, but I mean, you basically killed an entire group this is like the third podcast we're going to do this but i mean he executive decisioned the x-force right yep. you build them up like they're going to be something and everybody kind of knew that there was going to be an x-force movie well i shouldn't say everybody people that follow deadpool and movie news know that x-force is the next movie up for deadpool so you're like okay we're going to establish these characters and build them out we're going to go the marvel path all that kind of stuff and no they just killed them all they just killed them all and you know all of them i didn't care about except for shatterstar yeah. like i mentioned in the preview and I was so mad. I was so mad at that. But they redeemed themselves by giving me Juggernaut. Did he look good? No. No, he looked terrible. He, he looked terrible. And did you know he was motion captured by uh, Ryan Reynolds? He did Juggernaut. Oh, God, no. I didn't know that. <laughs> so he, he did that. But I got Juggernaut. And then I got Colossus versus Juggernaut. Because that's where the comics do. So Juggernaut's always an X-Men villain. And he always gets the big, big brawl with Colossus. And you finally got to see Colossus fight fight mm -hmm. and you got to see Juggernaut fight. And I'd like to go see that scene again of them fighting. And I, and I got, I got at least a, a better version than what I got in X3. Oh, well, anything's better. I mean, you could take action figures right now and put them on the table and we can film it. And it would be better than <laughs> X3. But that's, but that changed it for me. It's like, okay, you took away Shatterstar, but you surprised, and I think that was the main thing, is you surprised me with Juggernaut. And so if I know he's coming, you know, and then maybe I'll pick him apart with the CGI, because usually that's a big pet peeve of mine, but the fact that I got him, I was yeah. so elated that I got him. Yeah, good on them for keeping the X-Force, which I, there's no way they would have spoiled that, but for keeping the X-Force deaths secret, and for keeping Juggernaut secret, I, you know, they could have put Juggernaut in the trailers. Yeah, I'm but so they glad didn't. they didn't. Yeah, no, it, it's, it was a good thing. I mean, I, I know enough to know who Juggernaut is, and I was kind of not sure who was. I, I, don't, I didn't have the dots to connect. Like, I'm sure once you saw that the kid was feeding something big down in the maximum security cell and you'd already seen Black Tom, you probably knew 
it was juggernaut or at least probably had a pretty strong inkling. I didn't even have a clue. I was just like, okay, well there's some big mutant down there. I'm they're keeping him from me for some reason, but I don't know who it could be. And and see at night I thought I was like, okay, that's juggernaut. And then they killed off X Force and I'm like, they're just teasing me again. Yeah. Like, it's not gonna be juggernaut. So now I'm now I'm doubting it and then then I got him. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I need to see it again too because what I'm picturing in my head for the CGI for Juggernaut is is quite bad. It was. And, and I, I don't want to be yeah. apologetic to that at all, but the fact that I got him on screen and, so, yeah. and now he's in the universe in a proper way that people can improve upon that in the future. <laughs> yeah, but I think when we were talking before, I likened that to saying... Hey, I'll take Superman on the screen if I even if I have to take a you know messed up face lip from Henry Cavill. I'll take Superman on the screen. I'm like, no, I'd I'd rather just not have Superman. No, on the screen. If, you, if you say a Superman with a CGI'd off mustache or no Superman, I want my Superman. No, and no, so you, you put him in the movie. <laughs> that was so bad. I would say no, no. So so he's juggling out the character like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you you like monsters. You like the Hulk. You like, like the, Hulk, the mountain. Juggling at the mountain and Game the of Thrones. Rock. The Rock. Absolutely. Th- those are my guys. And so I, I finally got him, and they made him proportion like he was supposed to. And sure, they could use some extra dollars to make him, make him a little bit better, but uh, I'll take what I can get for there. I actually thought that the other fight happening during that time was the best fight of the movie, which was when Deadpool and Cable finally team up. That was, I felt like, the best choreographed cool fight scene of the movie see i thought the coolest fight scene was domino during that same time right there domino's was oh okay inside the house inside the yeah yeah the 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 one on the the one on the road where cable and deadpool are in the back of the semi and domino's driving because she has a little bit of stuff happening in that one that i i don't remember liking the cgi too much in that and I, i don't know something about that fight i didn't really like but i i yes the one where the dude like massively breaks his neck by falling on the bed that that was good I really liked Domino, and I thought that how Deadpool played off of her, like, well, Luck's not a, a hey, he, really, he really hammered that home about, you know, and he, he rails on her for, like, 20 minutes of film time, it seems like, until he finally sees that as she's driving and he's fighting in the back that, yeah, she's insanely lucky. I mean, I thought that worked well. Yeah, and again, all the things that they did with her driving the truck and things working out, you know, and her just showing her luck powers, I think... uh I think that was done really well because you really, really don't get that so much in the comics. You know, you get, oh, they missed, you know, and they hit this thing. But to actually see it live action is, is really cool. Yeah. And how, how it worked out for her. So um, I love the way they did Domino. Come back to Cable. I thought they did a great job. They didn't give you a convoluted mess of a backstory. No. They get, he's from the future. They didn't even talk about why he has a metal arm called a Bucky, <laughs> but, but Winter Soldier arm. Yeah. Josh Brolin just can't be stopped right now. Yeah, the guy I, is incredible. And I don't know if they gave him his powers because the gun flies to his back like three times. But is it? Are they just saying it's a high tech, you know, metallic arm? Or are I, they actually? I think they play a sound that makes you think it's magnetic, but not telekinesis. Yeah, I mean we're splitting hairs. I you know I I don't know. It, to me, it it if I remember right, I need to see it again. But it kind of kind of like that whatever other sound you hear with metal attracting metal. It, it gave me that kind of feel, but I'm just basing that off of whatever sound effect they used. So they have a lot of room, whoever the next director is in X-Force, you know, to explore whatever they want. Cause they didn't yeah. ruin anything cause they didn't give him really anything, but I didn't think they needed to. Right. I thought they gave him a right amount of, okay, you know, his family died. He can go back in time, you know, to try to stop his family from dying. And he's got a metal arm. Yeah. 
They did a really good job. The casting was great. I, I don't know if you could have done any better. I mean, I know Cable is huge in the comics, but Josh Brolin was pretty ripped for being like 50-something years old. Something that I didn't know, we talked about the casting for Cable in the in the preview, mm-hmm. uh, that Brad Pitt was up for Cable. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. And that he the timing just didn't work out on the filming, or he was a go. Wow. And uh, that's why they... They went back to him for the Vanisher. That's cool. And uh, so the Vanisher <laughs> lands yeah. on the, the yeah. Uh, the you power get lines. you get his face for like a second but at every, most. But it's, it's one of those faces. Everybody knows who Brad Pitt is. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that he's. the I Vanisher. mean, I had to ask Jess. I was like, "Hey, was that just Brad Pitt?" She's like, "Yeah." I mean, it just kind of needed confirmation because it happened so fast. It was like it reminded me of Fight Club where Tyler Durden splashing Flat up on the screen. Like, did there. I see Brad Pitt, or am I just making that up? And, and part of that is, is me going back and thinking that would have been a really good choice too. I think yeah. Brad Pitt would have been been a great cable. Yeah. Well, Brad Pitt can basically do anything. But Brolin, he he did awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for what they do in the future. It was essentially his, and we talked about this before too. I mean, it it really kind of was Terminator plotline. Yeah, and they referenced that. Yeah, but <laughs> they called him John Connor. Yeah, which, which annoyed me because he's not the John Connor role. The kid would be the John Connor role. Unless you're talking about the newest Terminator. I don't even know. I stopped caring about Terminators. The one with Khaleesi. Yeah, I know. I saw it, and I don't care. But the kid would be John Connor. That's yeah. a bad joke. <laughs> the kid would be John Connor. Yeah. And I don't know what he, how he used it, but I just heard John Connor. Actually, he would be the inverse John Connor. Because John Connor saves the world. This kid was going to be the one to help destroy the world. Right. So, either way, Cable is not John Connor no. in this scenario. No, but they wanted to reference that it's the same plot because that's yes. something that... Which was good on them because it really was basically the same plot. Yeah. So, we, we talked about this again in the, in the preview about who the baddie was going to be. Right. And Yeah, we called so, that one. Yeah, that it was mainly going to be inner turmoil. And so, it's basically different points of view. So, Cable yeah. were, so essentially, Cable's the bad guy. But we knew they were going to make amends by the end of the movie. Yep. We'd have... So we have the Juggernaut, and then we have the Essex School. And for those of you not familiar who Nathaniel Essex is, he's Mr. Sinister in the comics. And so he does a lot of genetic mutations, and he likes to experiment on mutants. And that's you didn't actually get to see Mr. Sinister, so I'm assuming they're setting him up for X-Force, because they, they also reference him in the last X-Men taking Wolverine's blood. But that was the school that they were at, and then they, the head guy, whoever that was, that they killed at the end. He was essentially the bad guy, but with no bad powers. Right. But really the juggernauts, the, the villain, yeah. if, if you had to put one in, that's a bit of a stretch. Cause you don't even see him until the third act, but it's mainly, it's maybe cable. Yeah. But civil war esque. Yes. But I always go back to, it's not your prototypical villain. When I'm saying you like you, yes. you like the villain, you say villains make the movie. You have a certain thing that you want out of villains. And this, this movie does not have that. It doesn't have the Thanos. If Thanos is your ultimate villain, this movie does not have that. True, but I'll also accept the, the Civil War model of whoever they're fighting need, needs to be formidable, and Cable's that. Sure, but it's not... You like evil incarnate. You like pure bad, bigger than life, punish the good guys, and that, that's not what you get when you have the inner turmoil aspect. Sure, I like that as well. I like right. Hans Gruber. They're <laughs> right. they're not bigger than life, right? You know, but well, they're just, yeah, they're just. But cool I'm bad saying guys. I'm saying if you had your pick, yes, I want you would Thanos. not design Hans Gruber. 
you would design. I, I would not have designed. You would Hulk. design Thanos. Correct. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So when I see these movies, and I know you like them, and of course you're capable of liking movies that don't have your prototypical villain. I'm just saying that, especially in comic book movies, you know, when you don't get that true villain that you can latch on to. I liked what they did. I liked Cable. Didn't really care much for Juggernaut. I just know. I know you. Whenever I see these movies now, I'm like, oh, I didn't have didn't have the really big bad. Yeah. And so the the other piece of this is. I saw this uh, opening night, so it was Thursday night. It's usually a little later because trying to get in to get tickets because I buy them that day. And same with Avengers Infinity War. We saw it at 1045, and this one we saw like at 9. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took the five-hour energy drink before, oh, God. before we went. because, And I don't drink uh, uh, this this whole year. I haven't drank any, any pop, and I don't drink yeah. tea. I don't drink coffee, so I don't have any caffeine in me. Drinking the five-hour energy drink, I don't know if those have amped me up for those two movies so much where I just, just absolutely loved them, but I right. loved infinity war. And so you can start watching this. every big movie. I, I think I should, I think I should just, just, that seems throw, like a terrible just, idea. Just throw it down, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, and then enjoy. Yeah. You know? But I, I just, my experience, this is getting back to what I, what I led to at the beginning. My experience in this movie was a five-star experience. I loved every line. I loved every reveal. I love that. I was surprised in, in a lot of the movie, but looking back at, rewatchability I again I, so i adjusted on that and so I, I brought it down to four and a half because i think now that i've heard the jokes you know some of them you know when you hear the first time they're funny then ongoing they're not going to be i know what's going to happen to x-force i still think it'll be funny but it'll lose part of that i know the juggernaut's there and so i brought it down to four and a half because i think my experience the first time viewing it won't be what i i see third and fourth and fifth time that i see this and I'm almost the opposite. So I, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but I left the theater and I'm not sure I've ever had this exactly, but I literally felt like the exact same as when I left the theater seeing Deadpool one, which was, I knew I laughed. I knew it was fun to watch. I knew it, uh, that I had a good time, but something didn't quite feel great about it to me. And my initial rating on Deadpool one was three and a half. And I think the first time I saw it on DVD, when it came out, it was still three and a half. But then by the next watch, I was up to a four. And I've seen Deadpool so much because it's been on cable so much. And it stays at a four. And I really enjoy it. So when I left the theater and I felt the exact same way as Deadpool 1, I wanted to give this movie a three and a half. But my kind of inner monologue was like, well, if you feel the exact same as what you did when you left Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 1 has proven to be a 4 and a pretty strong 4 at that, I'm going to give Deadpool 2 the benefit of the doubt that the more I watch it, the better it'll get. So I And I started to also think about other movies that I've seen and where I've kind of rated some other movies because sometimes I kind of lose perspective because as I'm watching a movie, I'm constantly evaluating like, oh, well, wow, now I'm at like a 4. Now I'm like a 4.5. I don't know why I do that, but I'm, I do that to myself during the movies. And... I think about how I compare that to other movies. I was just kind of thinking like, if I, if I really sat down and looked at all the other movies, I rated three and a half Deadpool two probably is not a three and a half. It's probably a four. And I think that's where it's going to end up. And so I went ahead and I, I put it there. I don't think a three and a half, even if I would have given it a three and a half, I would have done my thing where I say, well, it's closer to a four than, you know, a three. So three, seven, five would have been fantastic, but four. And I think it's worthy of that. I had a good time. I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I don't want to go to the theater and see it. I just want to give it time to breathe and 
let it sit and <laughs> come down from being pummeled in the head by <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and then enjoy the jokes for what they are when they come back, when it comes out on DVD or whatever. I could see that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you there. I want to wait, wait until it comes out yeah. and see it again, but I definitely want to see it again. I want to see it again. I hope that's sooner than later, but we can't, can't end this without talking about the end credit scenes. No. So we'll do a, a, a post score. Podcast <laughs> post score segment yeah. on the post credit scenes. Uh, it it was done so well. So basically, Cable's time traveling machine, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio, fix it, and so Deadpool's allowed to go back and save Vanessa. And so that's the first scene that they show him going back and killing the guy that killed Vanessa. Right. So do we think that holds? Eh, dorks like us would call it canon, right? Right. It, is that canon is that i would think so i mean but marvel everything that's happened in marvel movies that's post credits is is real so what i'm asking i guess is are we led to believe that vanessa is back for the x-force movie i think so okay which i actually like because i found myself as i was watching vanessa get killed off and then tj miller or weasel was helping put together the team i was like well i i get wanting to kill vanessa it gives deadpool some motivation and superheroes tend to kind of work better when they don't have a family that they're tied to. They can go do whatever they want without repercussion. So it it frees up Deadpool. But at the same time, I was like, man, it would have been kind of cool. She was a really good character in the first movie. And it would have been cool to have her, have her take on that weasel role, like have her help. I mean, it'd been Deadpool and Vanessa sitting there riffing with each other as they're interviewing the X-Force people to come on. So I couldn't help but think of that. So I was glad to see, okay, well, Vanessa might be back and I hope that's legit. You know, it's funny in the comics. She's a mutant. Oh, is she? She's a shapeshifter. Oh. Copycat. I doubt they'll introduce that at some I, point. They, I doubt it. They had their opportunity to do that at the end of Deadpool 1 because that's how Wade got mutated, and it kind of would have been the, the Pepper route in Iron Man 3. Yeah. but So I think it's probably a little late for that. No, I agree. I think there's more to go with her and, and their relationship, I think, that makes the movies. Yeah. And I think having her take over the bar, I think it's a good yeah. good spot. It fits. Uh, it fits, and... Yeah, he's got to save the world to protect her. Mm-hmm. You know, so something like that. I don't yeah. know. So the next one they cut to is him going back in time and saving Peter. Mm-hmm. And so Peter's alive. <laughs> right. You know, so they saved him from getting acid puked on. Yeah. Maybe Peter runs the bar. Maybe Peter runs the bar. And so you have that one, and then it cuts to X-Men Origins. Yeah, that one was my favorite. And it shows the original Deadpool. Yeah. And then, then this Deadpool shoots him in the head. You know, Jessica didn't know this, so I wonder how much of the people listening to us right now don't understand that Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Because X-Men Origins Wolverine was bad, yeah, and not a lot of people saw it. And he was a very side character. Yes. And then they they even, they wouldn't even him at the end. Right. He was a different actor playing Deadpool that could do a lot he more didn't martial ha- arts. He looked kind of like the crater face that Deadpool is now, but he didn't have a mouth. Right. And he had like Baraka blades. Coming yeah. out of his hand, which he, nobody gets that reference giant, either. But <laughs> Mortal Kombat, yeah, uh, they had the uh, long swords coming yeah. out of his arms for some reason, and then they gave him uh, laser eyes. And yeah, he could teleport. It was so stupid. Don't don't go watch that movie. No, there's no need. Just keep Deadpool as the yes. Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool wanted to. But I at least wanted people to understand that like that happened. Deadpool yeah. was tried once in a Wolverine movie, and it was Ryan Reynolds. And that's why the scene is so funny. And so he shoots him. He said, just cleaning up the timeline. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that was great. And then the. But they used stock footage of 
of uh, X-Men Origins. Of Hugh Jackman. Why did I say it like that? Jackman. Jackman. <laughs> they used stock footage of Hugh Jackman from that movie. So that that was the funniest part of it, too, because there's all this ongoing Logan X-Men stuff. So to see Hugh Jackman in there, because I was wondering, I was like, well, that that's not Hugh Jackman today. No. You yeah. could tell a difference. So I knew it was the older Hugh Jackman. but And so the last one that they did was uh which I, th- I thought was the funniest was they have Ryan Reynolds sitting at the table and he's looking he's reading a script and he said you're ready for the big time now yeah <laughs> and he's reading a green lantern script and uh Deadpool blows his yeah <laughs> blows his head that w- that was really well done and i don't did you <laughs> see that wb responded on twitter yeah <laughs> that that was great i think they posted something like hey we want our ring we back we run our ring back yeah. yeah or we tried to put a ring on it yeah. and then he yeah. goes, we want our ring back but good on wb yeah i mean they just need to realize they're they're terrible and just go along with it, right? Don't fight it. Yeah, I think the best part of that scene was just Ryan Reynolds' face. He was so excited looking at the yeah. script and then just getting shot in the back of the head. Maybe we should do Green Lantern for a retro review. We, we should. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good when it left my mouth, and then no, not so much. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to the end credit scene. Because yeah. now anything's up, up in the air because he's got a time machine. Yeah. Yeah, which much like... Infinity War that presents all sorts of problems now with or solutions solutions. I, but, I can maybe get Shatterstar back. Yes, but now you're back in the scenario of does anything in the Deadpool universe ever stick anymore? Yeah. So what are the stakes? Right. Yeah. I w- there's a couple things we left out. I, we we have a bad habit of doing this, but I, I just want to run through them and mention them. The uh, the baby legs part. <laughs> yeah. And the the basic instinct that I thought that was hilarious. I. I that was one of the funnier scenes for me. Just it, it, it was remarkably stupid, but also hilarious at the same time. And then the other joke you and I talked about, the dubstep joke all along. I didn't. I yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get it either. I was like, oh, like, why are they referencing dubstep yeah. so many times? And it, maybe one time. Yeah. But then they kept it going. Right. And it's like dubstep's been gone for so long. That yeah. Why is that? It's not topical. Yep. So those are the two I had written down that I wanted to at least bring up because that was the one joke where I was like, eh, and then the other joke where I was like, that that's really funny seeing Deadpool with, with baby legs. So so you were four and a half. Four and a half. I'm at a four. It's a must-see. I can't wait to see it again. I, I This is one I would like to revisit on a podcast down the road because neither one of us got a second viewing in in theaters, so I would like to come back to it at some point. So maybe in a year-end review or something like that, we can get back to it. But speaking of that, do you know where this fell in your 2018 list? Um, I would say it is second or third. Okay. So I'm, I have A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. Infinity War, and Deadpool 2 as my top three, and it's somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, it's in my top five. I have unofficially Quiet Place, Solo, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Deadpool 2. Yeah, those other two aren't anywhere close. To you. But I, but the rest of, I'm looking at our list for 2018, has not been a good year. No. Which we've documented all these on the podcast, so it's not too hard to be in the top five right now. Not right now. through the year. No, I'd, uh, I mean, Quiet Place is such a different movie than Avengers. Is it your number one? No, it's not your number one. No. Infinity War is your number one. I think so. And then Deadpool, and the, just because of the types of movies I like. But yeah. Quiet Place has really done yeah. well. Easily the best non- comic book movie for me of yeah. 2018 yes yeah okay well until that, sicario yeah i don't know man I, I don't know i don't know if it'll be the quiet place i hope so well yeah i hope so i just want to see better <laughs> and better movies so right. yeah i hope so too 
All right. Well, that does it for Deadpool 2. As usual, if you like what you heard, go out to the podcast store and rate us and leave us a review. That helps us out a ton. Talk to us on Facebook. That seems to be where everybody's chatting about two views at. But you can always get us also on Instagram and Twitter or send us an email at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. We'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear suggestions. We're always looking for more things to watch and talk about. And we want to talk with you guys about it too. We'll catch you next time.